Hey everybody, this is Charlie with Outskirts Overland and this is my second week streaming. I'm going to wait until I get a few people on here to kick it off, um, but I'm happy to have you all. Oh, there's we got Johnny in. All right. So, guys, I just want you to um, I want everybody as you're coming on. I want you to let me know if you can see the chat. I was real. I realized last week that Facebook was letting the chat and Facebook talk and YouTube was letting the chat and YouTube talk. So I tried to get the chat up on the screen so that everyone can see what everybody else is saying. So please also try and keep it somewhat reasonable. Don't get too crazy in the chat. Um, so I just want to make sure everybody can see it. All right. So guys, this week I've got a few things on the docket. I am going to get rid of my logo here in a second. So you can all see the chat a little bit better. Um, so, oh, geez, here we go. It's, it's clicking off. Chat's clicking off. All right, guys. So this week I got a few things on the, on the, uh, I got a few things on the agenda. I even wrote some things down. I've upgraded my headset here so I don't have wires connected to me all over the place. Johnny, where's the picture? The picture got axed due to lighting. So I, so guys that are listening later, I had a really cool picture of a, in the rooftop tent behind me last week. And I got some feedback that, yep, see, Ladina's already, Ladina's my girlfriend. She's already. She's already all over it, but I got some feedback that the lighting was a little low and you guys wanted to see me a little better because I do also interact with my hands and stuff. So I moved it into, I moved myself, but I am working on getting a sign. Um, I am working on getting a sign. So I'm going to hide the logo now. So yeah, I mean, line break. Yeah, he's already like, yeah, lighting's way better. So that was a that was some feedback I got. So I'm working on getting a sign. So I'll have a sign behind me, whether it lights up or it's matte or whatever. I'm trying to get something that avoids a glare. So, anyways, I'm working on it. It can't all happen at once. Um, stuff takes time. So I uh anyways, today I had a few things to talk about and a few things that I've been asked about. I do I have my email running on the bottom, Charlie at outskirtsoverland.com. I do welcome you guys to email me there. I have received a lot of messages on, yeah, I got Ricky Bobby hands. I received a lot of messages on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, just questions about different stuff. So a couple things is, I'll start with the first thing, is that people have asked me a lot of times, so my girlfriend goes with me 100% of the time, like all the time, and I do have stuff for you single folks as well on the on the agenda today but this will be for the people that have girlfriends boyfriends people that maybe not necessarily are quite bought in yet to this hobby of overlanding or this activity i got a lot of questions about how do i plan trips with advantageous activities within them so like how do i plan trips with like obviously i want to camp and I probably want to off-road a little bit, but that might not be the flavor for my girlfriend always. So I do plan trips where in between we do an activity. 
Um, we have went on hikes before. She'll probably comment in here. We haven't been doing that as much lately. Um, go to destinations to hike that we don't camp at. We have went floating before. We have went antiquing before. We have found unique stores to shop in or look at or historic places to find lookouts. So over here, I, I, I wanted to cover that. So what I do pretty typically and and uh, yeah, the flea market, I go to the, we do the flea market. We do any like historical restaurant or thing of that nature. Um, if there's like a boardwalk, like we went to Colorado, you know, obviously walk through downtown Tully ride, hit up the food trucks, did different things in Crested Butte. We hit, uh, we hit a street fair, you know? So like, we're always doing these different things. So although I like overlanding in order to make it fun for everybody, I try to include stuff for everybody. Now with that, um, before I get into what, what, that, what all that includes, that does mean for me that we're packing up and moving a lot more. So, so, uh, I'm packing up and moving pretty much every day. I'd say for me and her, I'd say two days, you know, depending on the situation, two days in one spot is pretty good. At one point last year, we kind of camped three days in the same spot, but we left each day and came back still. So, so we did that. We did that and that helped a lot. So, but anyways, planning trips with activities. So what I do, which leads me into another question I got a lot is apps that I use. So what I do is I have, I brought my phone with me. I have, and I'll show you guys the apps I use and I cross-reference apps too. Um, but the apps I use, I have Overland Bound, Onyx, iOverlander, Gaia, and Google Maps. A lot of people ask me about Google Maps, but if you're looking to include like regular businesses into your trip, you can plug a grid off of Gaia or Onyx Off-Road or Overland Bound, which is GPX based, into Google Maps. So then you can see what stuff's around it. So a lot of people don't know that. So what I'll do is I'll find like whatever it's on, put a pinpoint on a campsite I'm looking at or a feature I'm looking at. A lot of times I'll go to Google to confirm, you know, Google images, blow it up and see what that campsite looks like. If I like that, then the next thing I'll do is I'll pinpoint that, make that my destination. So in Google, I'll make the campsite my destination. So coming from two, and I'll do like restaurants near me, activities near me from that grid. And then write that down and kind of kind of work from it from there. And I can save those pins, save those pins on the other apps. So it does require a little work, but it, it gets good buy-in from your spouse or your girlfriend or whoever. And I I, I enjoy it. Um, I'm not real into like the guys go on guys trips. Um, the guys do guys trips and that's just off-road. Like that's far more off-roading. I do kind of enjoy the break in it though. Yeah. So like, I like to get a little bit of a break in there, like to go antiquing last year, probably one of my favorite trips. And the one where we kind of, we kind of camped at the same spot three nights. We camped, then we went and did a float trip, like did a float, came back and camped again did something else and then came back and camped again. 
and and it was good. I camped at a little different spot in the same, like within the same, I don't know, thousand feet for a little different perspective on the Buffalo River, but still the same thing. Trip before that, did uh, camped on a bluff. Right after we camped on that bluff, I planned the trip to where we drove to the farthest point we were going, camped on a bluff, came back up to a historic cafe on the way back up to the other campsite that was close to the float place. So it does require a little planning. Now, caveat, I do that. So I do that. Um, and one thing that I will say is like, I've done that and I do that a lot. Me and my girlfriend went to Colorado this year for six days. And literally, I tell you guys dead seriously. So I have this, I have that, you know, I got that dog in me, I guess. But like the whole plan was get to Colorado Springs as fast as we can and then figure it out. So we camped at a spot off I Overlander that overlooked Pikes Peak. We got to it in the dark. Um, I had no, no idea that camp spot existed before we stopped in Colorado Springs. But even so, I still made sure that we stopped and ate breakfast at a place and did looked at the coffee shops and like we didn't stay in the back country. The whole point of the trip was not to be in the back country. So I also have had trips where on the fly, we got to kind of make those decisions. In those cases, I like to, when we're doing those activities, if it's more for her than me, I am on my phone on, you know, whether it's if you're in the West Onyx or if you're in the Ozarks, I use a lot more Gaia um, or even Google Maps trying to find our next camp and kind of seeing where that's seeing where that's at. So um, obviously you become more familiar with areas. If we went back to Colorado now, I think we would probably go straight to Crested Butte. We really liked that, that area, um, Almont area. We had some good camps there. We really liked the town. We'd probably go back into town every couple of days or something, but we kind of now have that experience. Um, we've, so that's kind of how I do that. That's what I use. That's my method of doing it. You know, get the grid, grid in Google, find destinations around said grid, plan your trip that way, save your pinpoint in the you know the more traditional navigation apps so that's how i do that so i do see some comments and i want to address those too i want to make sure i'm not i'm not you know ignoring you guys so i got some comments here tyson you need a good gps you need a good gps app for sure to make sure you're on proper roads and track your progress of the adventure. So yeah, you can leave breadcrumbs behind and stuff like that. So you can track your trail. Also, um, there's forest service overlays on Gaia. There's definitely like actual trails on Onyx. Like if it's a listed trail, it's, it's, it's been deemed safe. Onyx, um, Onyx is something I used hunting. So Onyx is also really good at determining private land for public land. Um, and I don't think Gaia offers that specifically, but you need something like that so that you can get those waypoints and those grids so that you can apply to Google um, to find those other activities that you want to do, whatever it might be. Hike, eat, shop, float, whatever it may be. So 
Um, also got to give my girlfriend a shout out. All my friends are on here straight. Just talking about how she, she slays sourdough. So yeah, she does slay sourdough. I mean, I have banana bread, home cooked banana bread over here, um, as well. Um, and it says coordinate, coordinate with your crazy friends to make sure there's a river to park your bike in. So yeah, that Zion, he, uh, he drove out at night on his adventure bike and, uh, yeah, he emptied it in a river. It was on my ticker last week, but, uh, sounds like a whole lot of not fun. So <laughs> to me, um, for sure. So also somebody up here said, somebody up here said something about Onyx being on sale at the moment. Like it's 40% off. Yeah. This, the, uh, the uh the banana bread is out of made out of sourdough as well but i think onyx has 40 percent off right now i'm not affiliated with anybody um doesn't matter onyx has 40 percent off right now so if you don't have anything i mean that might be the cheapest i don't know what i don't know what any of it costs um i, I don't know if it's free or not i think i pay for onyx i don't think it's very expensive um so nothing nothing uh really to write home about there um so definitely if you're looking to get buy-in with your spouse or somebody else um i i highly recommend planning things for i highly recommend planning things for the people you're going with i think that would, same thing would apply with kids um so I think that that that's just a, it's it's an essential part to making it something that you want to continue doing, because I do know guys that go with their spouse a lot. I know guys that have a spouse that never goes. And I do believe that my some of my friends have told me and not even any of the friends on this group. I go out with another group of Jeep guys. But some of my friends have told me if they could if they could harness that that thought process like I do, they think their wife would probably go more or their girlfriend would go more or their teenage daughter would go more because it would, it would, it would create like kind of like a, like a suffering point. Like if they hate the camping, like maybe they want to get through the camping and hate it to get to the store. They really want to go shop at. And then as time goes on, maybe they'll, they start to like it, you know, the fire and the outside and the shopping or the whatever, you know, make it worth doing. Um, as I've done this over the years, I have off-roaded full time in for trips and although that's good for me as the driver because that's fun to drive off road do cool stuff get pictures of lifting wheels and you know i'm in four low and revving and mud holes and my girlfriend's literally we're on the probably the hardest obstacles last time she's been on enough of them now she was literally like filing her nails does jack nothing for her she could care less <laughs> she's like cool like we've done so much of it at this point like the scare factor is like long gone. So, so yeah. Um, also, yeah. So Tyson brought up another thing. And, and this is actually leads into my, the, the main, the, the main um, point of this whole conversation. So Tyson brought up, you know, at, that his, that his um, fiance doesn't want to camp in the cold. She hates camping in the cold. 
So as we're looking at at buy-in, you know, this just this just goes further. Like if she doesn't like handling the cold, it's because the cold's uncomfortable. And if the cold's uncomfortable, that's definitely a place where you could be improving. So period. So you've got to improve on your setup if the only reason they don't want to go is due to the weather outside. Like find a way to mitigate that misery. And I'm all about type two fun being slightly miserable, but it's going to create a, a lot more um, opportunity for you to continue in the hobby if you've got buy-in from your from from the others, family, you know, of any to any extent. So when it comes to cold, you know, this is something I struggle with, and it. But I will even you know, disregard my own actions here to say, just make sure to pack the extra stuff. Even if it seems like a lot of stuff, pack the extra stuff, make sure you over-prepare for the elements. If it's cold outside, you know, all my kids know that when it's really cold outside in your sleeping bag and it's really miserable to get in that sleeping bag at first, what we do is we fill the jet boil with water and we fill the water, we put that hot water in a Nalgene and then they put that Nalgene at the bottom of their sleeping bag and it radiates heat for them, you know, well enough to where they can get comfortable and go to sleep. Naturally, I have a diesel heater now. I uh, I have a diesel heater. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the reliability of a diesel heater. So although it is a massive game changer, I just know better. I just know better than to rely on it. I see too many of them fail. I can't expect this majestic thing that I spent $100 on to my door that runs on gelable fuel with extremely cheap Chinese parts, you know, to run like the next, you know, 1995 Toyota Camry. I just don't think it's going to happen. So although I love that thing, it's not something I'm, I'm basing my trip around for comfort. So hot hands. Um hot hands, hot water, ability to do hot water. Make sure you've got appropriate layers on. Teach about layering, teach about clothing to you, to the people you're going with. Like like there's a saying, you know, cotton kills, cotton kills. So when cotton gets wet, it loses all of its insulative properties. So you want to stick to fabrics that keep their insulative properties even when wet. So even when they're wet, you want to stick to fleeces and wolves because even when wet they maintain 60 percent or higher in heat retention so that being said there are instances where it's still not gonna matter i'll grab one of those bottles in a minute um and show you guys what an algae bottle is um i have them up here and they got kids names on them and stuff for that exact reason so so where was i at i was talking about um fabrics. So there are instances where like, for instance, shoes, like it's a big topic last couple of times we went camping, like how cold it is outside and how cold your feet get. So one big thing to take, take into account when you're talking about cold feet is two things. No matter how good your socks might be or how breathable or how warm they are, if you've got this, if you've essentially put your foot in this waterproof boot that doesn't breathe, that perspiration could get cold in the boot. Secondly, if you've got your boots tied tight while you're standing around, 
you're cutting off circulation to your feet with less blood flow is going to be colder. So all things to pay attention to try to. So I'd say all those things are great tips. They're cool things. Educating your family, educating your spouse before you go, like letting them know, like this gear is the way to go. Like even your kids, my kids know, like they, they know, like obviously you lose the most heat out of your head. Like you should wear a beanie when you go to sleep. Like don't not have a beanie on because that's going to keep you warmer all night and get them a cool like trapper hat or whatever. We got some with ears on them and stuff like that makes it way better. Um, but one sec, I'm gonna go grab a Nalgene bottle so I can show you guys what that is because there's questions. So let me grab this real quick. Uh, I just took them all out of here. Oh, here's one. All right, so I got one here. This is a, this is a, uh, it's like a real thick plastic bottle. This one's a narrow mouth they make them in a wide mouth i've got a bunch of them i have no idea where they're at at the moment but it's an algae bottle that's the logo they work really well when you put hot water in them and they retain it really well if you've got a good sleeping bag um also with sleeping bags if you put any of the fabrics i mentioned like a fleece sleeping fleece sleeping bag liner a wool sleeping bag liner it'll increase you know your your low range of your your low range of your uh what the heck your low range of your sleeping bag so definitely making sure that you got the right equipment um i just touched on cold because tyson brought up cold actually spring's coming and i like cold camping um i i guess i really don't like this i don't dislike camping at any point but what i wanted to talk about is spring's coming and Right, exactly where I'm going, Tyson. Tyson said condensation. So spring's coming, humidity's coming, rain's coming. How do you stay dry? Because like, how can you stay dry when you got your tent all zipped up because it's raining? But, you know, how do you keep the condensation down? So like, what do you do, right? So obviously, when it comes to condensation in the tent, I always, so everybody's got a tent, every tent's got a rain fly, whether you're ground tent, no matter what you are, at some point you have to either, you, you, you've got to, you, you can't make your tent a plastic bag and expect to not have condensation. So somewhere you've got to have a vent. Um, you could also put a fan in. A fan will make a huge difference in condensation. But honestly, like there are situations where you're just going to be wet, whether it's due to condensation or not. But you definitely want to make sure, um, as far as condensation is concerned, if you can't get your stuff dried out at camp, you need to dry it out at home, no matter what, because it will create mold and it breaks down your stuff. Like it's going to break down your fabrics and different things. Also, while I'm on the topic of tents and spring camping, um, every tent, every tent could could benefit from some Nick Wax. And I thought about buying some and bringing it because I use it, and I, I just didn't. But Nick Wax is essentially a waterproofer that a lot of people use on tents. So you can they make a wash for tents too. So wash your tent, 
at some point, you know, when even when it's cooler, let it dry out, put some Nick wax on it. Something you should do each season, in my opinion, to keep make sure your tent stays waterproof. Check all your seals and stuff, because the last thing you want to do is be in the rain and realize you have a leak. So just check that stuff. If the sun can come through, it's soaking water. So that's how I always do it. Look at look at stuff in the water or excuse me, look at stuff in the sun and see if I could find any holes or places where I could do a little a little bit better for the rain. Because quite frankly, the spring gets nasty, whether it's mud, whether it's whether it's mud, whether it's it rains, then it gets cold, then it gets warm. How do you pack? What do you pack? Like what's going on? All those things are are kind of roughest in the spring, in my opinion. What's up, Justin? How are you doing? Um, so when you're going spring camping, a few things that I think are paramount to have with you is we are not just getting started. We've been going for 20 minutes, brother. Um, I'm talking about spring camping right now, though, and, and what we can be doing to handle spring camping. I'm going to open it up to you guys, too, to ask questions here shortly. Um, so anyways, so some of the things that I think are extremely important to take spring camping, like extremely important, trash bags, waterproof bags, like there's certain stuff that you want to keep that you want to keep from getting wet. In case you need to like, in case it's stuff you're using to dry yourself off, in case, in case it's, it's a situation where you're, it's like your different sets of clothes. Like you don't want to have a set of clothes that you're wearing get wet, but then also all your other clothes are wet. So I, I, I mean, I'm cheap force flex, force flex trash bags or my waterproof bags. I'll even put my whole duffel bag in a force flex trash bag. It's just. It's something I did in the military. When it's raining, you put all your clothes in a trash bag. You wrap it up in your pack. It's it's just, it's again, I talked about redundancy. You're doubling down on stuff that's already waterproof. It just makes sure you don't get wet. But also, oh, excuse me. Um, next thing is, what are they called? The silica packets, okay? This is something that a lot of people don't think of. I buy the hell out of these silica packets. Um, I have boxes on top of my truck, like on top of the roof, and um, they're not water. They're Pelican cases, and they're like, you know, waterproof, whatever, right? But they're not waterproof. So sometimes, even if you get wet gear in the like in those boxes, if you put wet gear in your truck, obviously it's going to start to create moisture. Um, I buy those silica packets and man, I am chucking those things like beads at Mardi Gras all over my stuff. Um, those silica packets will help you a tremendous amount from cutting down on the moisture. So like they are just freaking sick. Like, and you can get them on Amazon. I mean, like a million of them for 20 bucks or something. So like silica packets are a huge thing. I keep like, I've even gotten like, my cash wet and i like put a silica couple silica packets in my in my uh wallet like no brainer dude put them in any like put them in your shoes at night if you don't have electric electric capabilities it will help dry some stuff out and they make bigger ones for like bigger tasks like shoes or or, or i mean something like that in your tent even like when you pack it up 
again, don't eat them, don't break them open, like obvious thing, Tide Pod Kids. Don't do Tide Pod Kid things. Don't eat your silica packets. But they're a great tip. They're a great, great tip, and nobody's talking about it. So silica packets is a huge one. Um, next, rubber freaking boots, dude. Or that or seal skin socks. Now, you guys are going to be like, seal skin socks, what's that? That's the marine talking. It's a thing you can get. The socks are waterproof. They keep your feet from getting wet. But obviously, rubber boots. I have, I'm going to go grab my rubber boots because my rubber boots are not big, huge, like farm boots. So those of you that are thinking like, this dude's carrying rain boots everywhere. Mine are really kind of cool. And they're not... They're muck boot brand, but they're like a shoe. And I have these four camping in the rain. That is my boot. It is zips up. I don't know what it's called. It's like a muck apex or something like that. Zips up. It's kind of like a six inch, but it's fully rubber. Great boot for camping. Super awesome thing to have. If... I mean, whatever you want to get, but like a legit waterproof shoe that doesn't like the fabric doesn't even get saturated. Huge win. Secondly, huge win because you can wash those in the car wash. And now you get clean shoes. Like when you're leaving, awesome thing. Keep your slippers in the tent. Leave the crappy shoes. The mix on your headset isn't the mic that's picking up your audio. Oh, the mic on my headset isn't what's picking up the audio, you said? Interesting. Well, we're rolling with it for now. That's just what it is. So, anyways, either way, the uh, having those boots, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Having those boots helps. Is that any different? Is that better? Is that worse? Oh, sorry. So when I was walking away, that's fine. We're good. Either way, the boots are great because you can do them in the, uh, yeah, thanks, man. You can do them in the uh, car wash and it's no effect whatsoever. So, secondly, um, I was bringing up your dirty shoes and your clean shoes. So, your clean shoes should stay in your tent and never come out of your tent when you're going, when you're camping in the wet. Because they could get mud on them outside the tent. So, I always try to keep those shoes outside, keep my slippers or whatever in the tent. In the tent. Um, if you're in a rooftop tent, this is a really good excuse to get an extra shoe bag. Yeah, exactly. Tyson just said boot bags. And I, I highly recommend getting an extra one. Like when the weather's crappy and your shoes are filthy, like that's just that time's shoe bag. And you'll know it long before you get in the tent. Check the weather. If it's getting crappy or not, like just just pay attention. Like I'm never going to use that shoe bag unless my shoes are trashed. I just have an extra one. I mean, you can make one. It, you could use a plastic bag. It's not like rocket science. But I did use the same bag twice once and then had crap all over my and had crap all over my shoes when it wasn't crappy. So it was just annoying. Um, 
so that that's that. Um, so I think that's super helpful. So that's my 30 minutes of, of things. I'd like to do about 30 minutes of what I want to talk about and then kind of open it up to you guys and, and have um, Justin's on. Justin picked up the last 10 minutes last time. So he's going to, he's on now. So what questions you guys got? I like to field the questions. That's half of why I'm here. Um, what do you guys got for me tonight? I know I was talking to Justin on Facebook the other day and he did have some questions. Let me see. I even maybe addressed some of your questions earlier, Justin. Oh, let me look. Oh, nope. That wasn't you, Justin. That was Jeff Pryor. He's not even on. Downer. He's going to hear me. We'll listen to this later. But, uh, he had some solar questions that were pretty interesting, but I won't even touch him until he's back on here. I'm going to message him. He was asking some good questions that you guys would like to hear about. Um, so anyways, <clears throat> either way. So I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. The chat is how do you figure out when the best times are to visit certain areas? I mean, so, yeah, so this is a great one. When we went to Colorado, um, oh, weather-wise. Well, I'll touch on it both ways. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll touch on it both ways. Tyson asked, how do you figure out when is the best time times are to visit certain areas? You can look at historical weather data. Like, almost every weather app is going to have historical weather data, regardless of where it's at um so like i'll go look like if it's a place i want to look at like it's just as easy as looking up anything else like go to google put in a place you know charlotte north carolina <clears throat> myrtle beach you know historical weather data on day you're arriving week you're arriving set number of time to find out when is going to like what's the historical data show is weather always what the historical data shows no but it's a damn better idea than just swinging it so so that's that's one way i do that um secondly how do i find when to travel places like we just went to colorado and we went to a lot of like popular areas in colorado and uh i looked at like tourist like tourist traffic and uh, we were in Tolly Ride during a film festival. Totally wasn't expecting that. Um, obviously, that film festival probably doesn't fall on the same exact day every year. So my data kind of failed me there. But I look at when people aren't there so much. Because even if you're going to get on trails or anything, like that also becomes a huge deterrent to you finding a camp spot if you're trying to camp for free, if you're trying to wild camp. And there's already enough just regular people out there camping. You don't need like, you don't need it to also be like the the big, huge Toyota, you know, meetup in your ray as well. Like you just don't need that. Like you're in a hotel then, like, or a parking lot. And then that's complete buzzkill. So I try to avoid those events for what I'm trying to do. I mean, tourist events are cool, but like, I don't, I don't plan around any like, overland off-road side-by-side type events and i also don't plan around like 
popular times to whatever that place is known for. So like Colorado, for instance, I mean, I think it's pretty well known that Colorado is most popular for skiing. Like everybody goes to ski and other people go because it's cold a lot of times a year. So a lot of people go in the hottest months. We went in September. Yeah. So that's, that, that's what I did there um, to make sure that I was kind of appropriately, appropriately um, prepared and also not going to just be like going in with no freaking clue in the world, how like no clue in the world what I was going to do because it was so busy, full of everybody, you know, overland and off-road and whatever, van life and convention or event or like just the most optimal time of year. Like my girlfriend would love to go places when the leaves turn, but so does every other person's girlfriend. And that, that you know, that one of these days I'm going to eat, bite the bullet on that, but like also take such things into consideration. So, so yeah, Tyson said, so it's okay to set up camp early and enjoy the camping, not just the trailing. Uh, yeah. And I have that conversation. I mean, I had that conversation last time you got, like last time my friends got me out wheeling. I was like, I don't want to wheel. I don't want to wheel. And we got out and I wheeled and they were like, you didn't even want to go. And I was like, I, it's not due to incapability. It's because I just want to sit here and be lazy. <laughs> so, but I'll do it. I mean, it's not pulling teeth, but it's, it's definitely dental work at least, you know, like I don't necessarily want to just trail ride. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Um, Justin asked about here, I gotta go in the regular chat. Justin asked about some type of specific tarp. Like he's got some tarp with a room in it. Justin, you're fancier than me, sir. I have no such thing. I have, I, yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have a, it sounds cool. Uh, so for the people that will listen to this later, he's got a Slumberjack Roadhouse tarp with a netted room. Uh, search that. Um, I'll search it later. Sounds, sounds involved. <laughs> sounds involved. Is it hard to put up? Or what? Or you said you haven't used it yet, right? It sounds like a freaking putting together a playpen to me. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have that. Now Zion said he's heard of them. Yeah. I have no clue what it is. Might be cool. Um, so yeah, I have no, no idea, which actually Zion popping up makes me think. So Zion sleeps on the ground uh, when we go camping. <laughs> so my friend Zion's on here. He's, he is pretty big into, you know, the outdoors in general, um, he has a page, Zach Outdoors. He also has a page, All Arkansas. Is it All Arkansas Outdoors or All Arkansas Off-Road? And, but he sleeps like, okay, so he does sleep in a tent one time. <laughs> he sleeps on the ground ground though. So you want to still, like, if it's really shitty outside, you want to have a barrier between you and the ground still. So make sure you at least bring like a tarp or something or, or like a Mylar blanket or something just to kind of mitigate the heat. But he'll like curl up around the fire. He'll like curl up around the fire and just sleep on the ground. He's kind of goes pretty hard. 
uh, he hammock camped with us one time in shorts and a t-shirt and like, I don't know, it might not have been 40 degrees even. And me and him were up till like two in the morning. So I didn't, I, whatever, but Zion does the thing. Um, so anyways, making sure that you got a barrier with you, at least if the weather does go south, so you can be above the, above that nothing i'm talking about muddy shoes like zion would have a muddy body he'd look like a freaking you know early 2000s christina aguilera video if we you know if he didn't have something we don't want that you know we do not want that that would be atrocious and he actually has the most bougie forerunner of us all too really so yeah that's that's quite the conundrum either way he's the only one with a so it's all arkansas's outdoors is is zion's photography page he takes pictures for us and stuff if you guys follow me um he puts up uh i got some pictures of him hanging off like people's racks and stuff taking pictures of people so if you see any like pretty cool pictures of my truck or any, or any trucks really um zion took those pictures if there's any videos of, like drive-bys or anything zion took those videos like he's the he's the He's that guy, um, but he can't be doing that if he's full of mud. Yeah, like Schwarzenegger and the Predator. Yeah, he's that's it. That's exactly right. So, you know, I I definitely like to try to be. Um, I definitely try to be like inclusive. You know, although I'm in a rooftop tent now myself, I've been in a ground tent. I've been, you know, in a. I actually have camped probably the most actual nights in a bivy sleeping bag bivy so actually not a tent at all a bivy like a waterproof bivy with a uh, uh you guys can look it up but i've done a lot of bivy camping actually um so it is important to have like some type of layer between you and the ground no matter what so pay attention to that that's in the cold that's in that's any any time the ground will suck it out of you even if you're in a bag it's like the r value is not good enough i could get into r values but this isn't a technical this isn't a technical stream so it doesn't matter um so there's that one thing that that we were just chatting about that was actually hilarious with me and me and a few of my friends was uh was a Facebook marketplace. So let's talk about Facebook marketplace for a minute before we, before we close out here. Um, we are always sharing deals as any group is. And this is a place like if you guys aren't friends with the people in the chat, like try and find each other. Like I'll try and shout out what people's social media is try to find each other because quite frankly, like at least all the people that are on right now that I know, I am positive are are doing this hobby regularly. Um, so they're going to have different experiences than myself. We all try to, you know, I try, I'm trying to cultivate, you know, a live Facebook group here. So like if somebody had a real question, you know, hopefully in time, the, the viewership will be big enough to where, you know, this is an okay place for that. Like, it, like starting more technical stuff after you've been doing it a while, is this a good investment? Like stuff like that. That's what I'm here for. That's what I want to try to cultivate here. So, but anyways, Facebook marketplace, hot topic. We could talk about Facebook marketplace every week and it would kind of be funny, but just to, to spit out some, uh, some fun for everybody. Um, 
in my my group chat today somebody posted a rooftop tent for way way too much money and the immediate response from everybody was like if you low ball them all I'll run defense. Like we'll all low ball him. Who really wants it? I'll go lower than you. So your offer looks advantageous. Although that's really funny, that works. So I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be like that guy that's that's gonna get a platform and is like. But seriously though, like uh, it's my marketplace rule, like. I put stuff on marketplace used for 50% of what I paid for it. So, you know, I don't look at fair market value. It's used and it's not like a used car. Like it's not going to last forever. So, but either way, like if you, uh, I've even gotten people to help me get stuff on Facebook marketplace out of like, I drive a Tacoma out of like the Tacoma truck stuff. I've been like, Hey man, like you like this post, you want to, I really want this, but like, can you make my offer look better by going lower? And like, can I get 10 of you guys to offer lower so that I can uh, scoop this up for 600? Dude wants a thousand, but they'll all just offer him like two fit 400. Now my 600 looks good. Two weeks down the road, bing, bang, boom. Your boy's got some stuff. So because I am not the guy and, and some of you may listen to this later. I was just on spirit of 1876's tent talk tuesday and we we're talking about people being affiliated with stuff my affiliation is my bank account like lit my job is my sponsor like i have literally no no backing whatsoever at all no matter how big i get if i ever get anything I'm, I mean, you guys can have it. I don't need it. Like, I don't care. Whoever listens or watches, you can have the stuff. I'll talk about the stuff. You can have it. Justin, would it be better to have an older Coleman ladder or one of those newer multi-fuel ladder lanterns, lanterns, ladder? Would it be better to have an older Coleman lantern or a newer multi-fuel lantern? Well, that really depends on how much fuel you can carry for either of them. Um, so, you, I mean, again, I'm a big LED guy. I would say, depending on what Coleman old school means to you, if it's the little cotton balls that you light and then turn it up and that's a light, those are freaking phenomenal. But they're also freaking huge. But they're also windproof. So those are those are cool. I like those. Um, the multi-fuel. I have used a lot of multi-fuel stuff. But you got to like pump it up. And that just seems like a like it's a constant. Like you'd constantly have to be addressing that. So I would say the old school one. 100%. Um, that's what I would take. And I mean, I, they're pretty bulletproof really too. I have a couple, I mean, you bring that up and I'm like, I don't use them, but I have. So like, I mean, I would get those. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm a man, I'm a big led guy now. I've got that freaking, I've got that freaking whatever it is. Um, 
uh, Devo's Light Ranger, and it lasts like forever. I use that. Um, but, but Cody's on here. Okay, so let's tell a story about Cody. Like, Cody, are you listening? Like, I want you to be interactive here. We went cold camping. Cody does a hot tent. Well, Cody tried to do a hot tent. Let me preface with that. Um, and he has one of those pump lanterns. Uh, but, Cody, I'm sorry. I still wouldn't recommend that. Cody, quite frankly, we need to talk about your whole setup and what's recommendable. Cody went camping with us, and it was cold. He has a hot tent. It has a little wood stove in it. His He was doing good before we all went to bed, and we went to bed relatively early, which I would presume if you have to fill your heat, going to bed is, is early is probably a, a, a downside. But anyways, so Cody has a hot tent, canvas teepee tent, little um, – little wood stove in it um also to my earlier point cody brought his wife out camping for the first time in her life and the low was eight degrees okay rule number one of what i said earlier that was a bad idea <laughs> number one two you had brand new stuff double bad idea so anyways it's a funny story now. She probably is maybe laughing if she's listening. I don't know. She's awesome. That's a, She's the best sport ever. Um, they left the next morning because they couldn't get their tent above like 30-something degrees. So I, I'm interested in the hot tent world. I'm not doing it, but Cody is listening and does it. So, Cody, I, I, you say you got it down now. What were you doing different when it wasn't good and you had to leave early? That you're, what what weren't you doing then that you're doing now? Like what different? What'd you change? Like did you get a bigger stove or, or is it simply like more propane bottles for? So it's all about the multi-stage heat. Can you explain what that means to me? What's multi-stage heat? Like, are you talking about like, are you talking about like doing propane heat, then wood heat, then electric heat? Like, what do you? What does that mean? As I try to decipher this, because people are going to listen later too. So you got a convection fan and the wood stove. What's a convection fan like? And a diesel heater and a stove. Okay, so Cody's abandoned the bushcraft life here. So let's be clear, Cody, you're like a half. Yeah, that's. Yeah. We're gonna have to come up with a word for you, Cody. That's not. That's a different thing altogether. Cody is now the um, uh, the the Elon Musk of just ground camping. He has adapted his own his own type of thing here that has is is uncategorical. Um, if he's doing if he's doing propane heat and he's doing and he's doing a wood stove in a ground tent and he's doing a diesel heater, I mean. Cody is the man. <laughs> oh, man. He said it works off the heat of the stove and the air to work without battery. So, hey, man, whatever. If it works, it works. It didn't work, and it's working now. So I'm a fan of that. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in hot tent camping. I've I've looked at maybe I've looked at maybe doing hot tent camping. My streams are all appearing to be going currently. If it wasn't, it is it back? Somebody told me my YouTube crashed. Okay, cool. Anyways, so if it wasn't working and it's working now, that's my favorite type of advice. So if you're looking to do hot tent camping, maybe don't rely on just the wood stove. I, I don't know if Cody would say, Cody, would you say that having a bigger wood stove would have helped you? Or do you think it wouldn't have mattered? Because you have a small hot tent. Would, do you think it would have been beneficial for you to have a, just a bigger wood stove? Or would it still not have mattered? Like, I mean, I am genuinely interested. He said, yeah, bigger wood stove would have helped because I think he had like one of the smallest ones you could get. But also, if you're hot tent camping and you got a bigger wood stove, like you're getting rid of real estate to sleep on or chill in. So if you get a bigger stove, you might need to be getting a bigger tent, too. I don't know. I'm not that guy. But like, again, if you're trying to keep the if you're trying to keep the uh, missus happy, it's just warm is what matters. So Justin Best says it is a single wall tent or a double wall tent. His is a single wall canvas, teepee style. Um, it's not like a bigger double wall type one with like, it's not, it's not like a trapper's tent by any means. It's like a little portable, but it could definitely probably have a bigger stove in it. Not a big stove, but a bigger stove. The frost line was four feet off the ground is what he said. Um, so he was coldest on the ground as well too, like, and it has a little, it had a little stove pipe, so probably less radiant heat helping him out there. Um, but again, like that's something that none of us have experience in only him. So he said it could play a huge role and why it would, wouldn't, Justin said it could play a huge role and why it didn't hold heat because it's single wall. And I do agree with you, Justin, but, uh, so, so Cody just said the, uh, the fans a big help. I would say that without getting too child inappropriate, we are all, um, Cody is a friend and I'd say my friend group is a whole lot of test that assumption at your earliest convenience. And you can disseminate that into the common term that you're looking for. But I think we sometimes will dive into stuff and try to figure out how to make it work. Cause we don't want to put a huge investment in something we never tried. So, um, you know, kind of, you know, the word, the term, um, but it's not appropriate. So yeah, test that assumption at your earliest convenience. So Cody bought this tent. He bought the stove. He thought it would work. It didn't work. He figured out a way to make it work. Highly doubt a new tent or a stoves on Cody's agenda. Um, and that's going to be many people. Like once you, yeah, being naked and cuddling, being naked and cuddling will help um, for sure. But if you don't have a sleeping bag that'll accommodate two people, it's not going to help. Um, so anyway, so yeah, we're all about figuring it out. I mean, the only reason I even have new, newer stuff and nicer stuff now is because I've been through so much stuff that I just figured out how to make it work that I looked for my cobbled together solutions like done by a professional out of the box you know like 
I've, I've, yeah, whatever it is, I've probably figured it out much crappier way. And then was like, who makes this? I really actually, I suck and Gorilla Tape's not good enough or zip ties aren't good enough or blah, X, Y, Z. Like even my Midland, like a Midland radio, even I had handhelds. It wasn't good enough. So I got one in the truck, you know, like I would have loved to make $80 handhelds work. But it just wasn't the, it wasn't, it didn't. So I tried. Um, and I do that with everything. Like I'll try cheaper stuff. I'll make, I'll build stuff. I'm big at DIY. Um, all my friends talk about me being like, like, it's pretty well known that, you know, my friend Zion's going to sleep on the ground and bring nothing and his forerunner's not lifted or it's got a rack, but that nothing on it. Uh, Johnny is going to have bought a ton of stuff that's really cool for like pennies on the dollar um, off Facebook marketplace. Like Johnny traded like a case of beer and 50 bucks for a GoPro. Like, I don't know. Johnny's like, a, I don't know. Johnny is a, yeah, Johnny's a master of Facebook marketplace. I have a lot of tools and metal and welders and all kinds of things. So I'd say I am a pretty big do-it-yourselfer um, in lots of regards. So that's where I fall in. And we all kind of bounce ideas off of each other. And then we have Chris, who's probably in here as well. And he's the tech guy and why I have a logo and why I know how to stream and why I can even do this. Cause this is not my forte. I mean, I could, I mean, I could do a number of other mechanical things, but trying to make this work. So just invest subject to radios, low budget, friendly GMRS radios. Okay. This is one of those things. And this is, this is, uh, so this is one of the things here. So this is where I'm going to merge in stuff. You can skimp on and stuff you shouldn't. So GMR, GMRS radios, you can get by, you can get by with, you can't get by, man. Don't waste your money on the handhelds unless you're, unless you've got in-car powered ones around. The handhelds will work better around other, you know, in-car units. And, and I say in-car units, you don't have to wire them in. Like mine's wired in, but you don't have to. You could do it through a cigarette plug and they all come with that. All Midlands come with that. Um, and as far as brands in the United States is actually pretty limited. There's Rugged and there's Midland. I believe those are the only two brands. And quite frankly, I have never met a person that runs a Rugged. I've never even, I've seen it in a box once, but everybody runs Midland. And I would tell you firsthand, I spent the 80 bucks on Midland handhelds, then still spent the whatever, 400 bucks on the in-car one. So that's just kind of one of those ones. If you got the 80 bucks, save your money. Just get the in-car one. You can plug it in a cigarette lighter. It's way better. I would not even think about handhelds again as my primary means. CB. So I have CBs, multiple Cobra CBs. No one, and Tyson, I think, said it. No one uses CB. The only time that I know of people using CBs has been like big, big uh like jeep groups there will be a few guys with cbs like old guys with cbs the whole community is gmrs and ham now and there's a lot of people with ham so i wouldn't even look at a cb 
I think, and, and I'm not going to plug something right now. I'm getting on Google. Um, I'll tell you which GMRS I have, and it works fine. And you can get it in like a full freaking kit with everything. It's an MX275, I believe. Yeah, mine's an MX275 radio. And just the radio is 165 bucks. And you can get it with like the antenna and everything, I think, for like 300 bucks. And, and that's that's literally everything you need. Um, I would highly recommend that. I think that's the cheapest one. And that is absolutely what I have. And it works fine. Um, but getting a. Yeah, if you're a truck driver, our friend Zion is a truck driver, too. Um, and he he said he doesn't even use the CB. Um, everybody uses Z, GMRS. So, is the antenna... Is the antenna the camera as a CB antenna? What What is the antenna as what as a CB antenna? But either way, I got a ghost. You can get one with what's called a ghost antenna, and it's like a... Thick, like I mean, it kind of looks like it, it kind of looks like I mean, just a little block, like it's about this big. And they make all kinds of mounts for it and clips for it. You can put it on your hood, you can put it on a refract, you can put it on you know, like the rear bumper, and it works great. I would not spend money on the handhelds unless you're around people with. Unless you're literally around people with in-car ones that have more power. Oh, yeah. They're both coax antennas. Yeah. And you can get different ones with the Midland that like magnet to your vehicle or ones that you mount. Um, they have different ones. So if you were a guy that wanted to put in multiple vehicles, you don't ever mount it. What wattage radio do I recommend? Okay. So this is... Okay. So I have a friend, Aaron, who... Uh, who runs Switchback Outdoor Safety, and he is a big Midland guy. He's a big, a big safety guy, recovery guy, rescue guy, and he really likes that new fifty watt. He really likes the new fifty watt Midland. Again, mine's a twenty five watt, and I have had no problems. I have friends with fifty watts. Now, what where you get convoluted on radios here is. What are you trying to do with the radio? Like, so if if I have a 25 watt and you have a 50 watt and we're communicating, well, the communication is going to be better no matter what I have because he has a 50. Does that make sense? Now, if you're in a situation where you're trying to. So it depends on the topography, how far you can reach with the radio, like who you're communicating with, where they're at in reference to you. I've gotten as far as 13 miles with mine, but that was me being higher and the receiver being lower, like line of sight. So that also makes a big difference, um, but it really makes a huge difference what you're communicating with and what kind of what kind of power it has and what channel you're on. So radios. So radios operate at different frequencies on different channels. So you'll hear the more you're around GMRS people, they want to be on channel 16 or higher because it's the highest frequency um, so that you can get the best communication. 
if you go on lower frequencies, the communication is not optimal. But if you're close, it's not going to matter either. Um, so it's just it's just hard. It's hard to answer what wattage radio I recommend when if you're trying to get to a safety tower or communicate with a forest service rescue tower and you're alone, I would get the most wattage you can get. But I would even say then, though, I'd still get I have a Zolio, which is satellite comms like use case in my mind. The lower wattage radio is sufficient for everything I do overlanding. If I ever got in a really bad situation, I got an SOS on a Zolio. What a Zolio is, is a satellite communicator for such emergencies in which a higher wattage radio may suit you. But also, if a higher wattage radio might suit you if you're base camping or doing some type of expedition and you need to communicate with base camp from the furthest point. And it's not a moving target like base camps, not a moving target would be a, a good use case for a higher wattage radio. But again, if you're with a bunch of cars and everybody's got some type of radio, you've got a ton of wattage and you are not far enough apart. And 25 that 275 is fine. It's totally fine. Um, it's it's probably the highest rate. It, it's what I would get for the least money, for sure. If I started doing. I don't know if I went to like Africa, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know what, what would merit a 50 for me. Um, other people would dis disagree. Yeah. So I have a Zolio. It's like a Garmin inReach. Yeah. I, I like the Zolio quite a bit better. I actually had an inReach for hunting and uh, it's a lot harder to use. The Zolio works really, really well. And you can like for me, when I use the Zolio, even when I'm camping, like when we go by ourselves, I text my dad or Tyson or my buddy Brad, like I check in with them. You could put you could put like a number of contacts in it and just send a mass tech text. Um, so. So the plan structure on the Zolio is based on texts per month. Um, I think it's Zolio.com and you can look at it there. I think I pay like. $30 a month for 250 for 250 texts a month. And the, the device itself costs $199. But the Zolio is really cool when you text somebody your location. So you text it from satellite. Your satellite has a, has a number. So like my dad has my satellite communicator's number saved so he can text me no matter where I'm at. But if I text him my location and he clicks it, it pulls up exactly where I'm at uh, on an app. So in the case that he doesn't hear from me in two days, he knows where to send somebody. Um, but also I have Zolio, so I could SOS. Highly recommend having one of those. But either way, um, uh, so yeah, the inReach has changed. So the inReach has changed to where it does have set text, text threads. Um, it's just a lot less user friendly, to be honest with you. And I guarantee now that the Zolio is out, the in, in reach changes, but it's just not as user friendly. Like texting with a Zolio is literally pinging satellite comms to an app on your phone and you could text with your phone like normal. Um, the in reach that I had, I had to text on the damn device and it was a pain. So that's not ideal for me. So anyways, what's up, Jamie? So that's going to be the end of uh of this stream guys i like we covered a 
ton of freaking stuff. There's a lot of density for you guys that are just joining or didn't get the front half of the podcast. The the majority of the density of what I wanted to talk about in the in the beginning half. Um, hope to see you guys next week. Keep thinking of ideas of what you guys want to talk about. I have gotten a plethora of of uh, solar stuff. Like people have blown me up about solar stuff and DC to DC chargers and AGM versus lithium versus life PO4. So like if you guys have like, I don't even know if I should do a separate one for that because like I want to provide some, (laughs) some type of uh, like, I don't know. Um, density for you guys that's not just technical like i want to cover some stuff that you guys want to handle like want to talk about and dual battery systems and solar and stuff like that can get hard to follow uh i I feel like i might need a whiteboard actually um and i'm not an expert at it but i could i could definitely explain it um and have done it meant multiple ways so I could help people with that, but like, that's a, I don't know what I want to do with that one yet, that specific topic, but that actually I, I have gotten the most, the single most questions about solar, solar slash charging batteries slash whatever. Um, but I definitely can hand, I, I mean, I can touch on it if you guys all want to sit through that, but it's a. Uh, I, I would like the people that keep asking me the questions to get on the stream so I can answer the actual questions they have after I give certain information. I'm sure they have follow-ons. So if that's you and you're listening to this as a podcast form, uh, I'm still available Outskirts Overland, literally on every platform. You can find me at Outskirts Overland and Charlie at OutskirtsOverland.com is my email. Email me if if you got a time when I'm streaming that will work, I will make that stream about that. And we can talk all about opinions and facts and whatever you want to talk about. Again, I am just a hobbyist, but I could help get you in the right direction to find the right info, at least for what you want and maybe answer all your questions. I don't know. So, but if you guys got questions, I'm available on all the platforms. and. Um, just message me, just message me. It's not hard. Um, get with me at some point and, uh, I'll probably try and address it. Literally everything I covered in the first half of this podcast is questions I got, um, over the last week. So I hope you guys had fun. I hope we can get more people on here and make it even more fun. And next week will be Tuesday back to Tuesday at six 30. So you'll see a trend where I'm going Wednesday at six 30 this week. Tuesday at 6.30 next week, the next week, take a guess, Wednesday at 6.30, the next week, Tuesday at 6.30. Um, If you follow all my socials, if something was to change, I will definitely put it there um, and you guys will be made aware. If you have any other questions, please, 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 please message me. It definitely helps me to continue doing the stream and cover stuff that I know you guys want to know about rather than me just talking to myself. I could also always get a guest on, but I really, 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 really want this stream to be me, the chat, and you guys asking questions, like helping each other out. 
I can bring you on the podcast from the chat. If you've got the capabilities or excuse me, on the stream from the chat, if you've got the capabilities, I can send you an invite. You can then be on. We can talk about your question. Next person got a question like, guys, I would really love it to, to stick to the stream. Um, I will put it out in podcast form, but really I'm just trying to get everybody on the stream because I do see great value in, in having this open forum for everybody. So hope you guys have a good week and uh, I'll talk to you guys next week um, and I'm out. Have a good one.